0: Kia ora and welcome to Cinema in Context, where we discuss all things film and the connections between. My name is Jeremy Downing. I'm William Chan.
1: And I'm Sarah Watt.
0: And each month at Cinema in Context, we discuss two films, one current and one retrospective. With some connection, it could be the same director, the same actor, or a similar theme. This month, we are discussing Thor, Love and Thunder, which came out this year in 2022. And Cabin in the Woods, which came out 11 years ago 2011. 11 years. 11 years. The connection being they are both genre films jam packed with all the things that that genre could want. Mm -hmm. And they also star a little known Australian actor called Chris Hemsworth. So, Thor Love and Thunder. William, what have we got? Thor Love
2: and Thunder. The latest film in Marvel's Phase 4. Directed by our very own Taika Waititi. Uh, details Thor after the events of Avengers Endgame, where he's he's you know with the Guardians of the Galaxy and trying to find himself. Things occur with Gore, the God Butcher, played by a menacing, uh, snarling Christian Bale, and Thor needs to team up with his old mates Valkyrie Tessa Thompson. And Natalie Portman's character from, you know, earlier on in the Thor films, Jane Foster, uh, to try and stop Gore from, as his name suggests, butchering the gods of the universe.
0: Nice. I, I think also Korg, right? we are going to mention Korg. Oh, yes, of course. Korg. Taika Waititi. Yeah, he's one of the, the key players in that crew. Well, Cabin in the Woods is a film that is written by Joss Whedon and directed by the one and only Drew Goddard, uh, who I also believe wrote the script with Joss Whedon. It is a typical story of a group of young people that travel to a cabin in the woods, aka Evil Dead um, and a whole bunch of genre 80s slasher movies um, that we we know the tropes of very well. However, the film sort of twists this by opening and intersecting the story with a group of, I guess, government officials or some sort of private enterprise officials who have some sway or influence over the events that are happening to these young people. At the very least, they are surveying them through cameras and discussing their moves. And as the film progresses, we are kind of trying to both figure out what's going on and are figuring out where our allegiances truly lie. So that's Cabin in the Woods. Nice. I just want to say that we will be spoiling both films, Thor, Love and Thunder and Cabin in the Woods. So if you haven't seen either film, um, you're probably in luck. No, if you haven't seen either film, <laughs> <laughs> then pause this episode and come back to it at a future date. I think it's fair to say we're going to have a bit of a rollicking chat because <laughs> I feel strongly about these movies in various ways. But who would like to... Maybe Sarah, do you want to kick us off because you haven't had a chance to speak yet?
1: Well, um, one thing I can say is back in 2011, Cabin in the Woods... Uh, absolutely knocked my socks off and those who listen to our episodes about Scream uh, will know or the Scream um, franchise will know that uh, I really appreciate uh, in jokes and um, meta um, analysis within films and I love parodies of genres and I absolutely loved and continue to love Cabin in the Woods because it takes the traditional uh, slasher movie genre And not just sort of uh, twists it around a whole lot, but makes just so many very witty, clever uh, commentaries around it. By comparison, Thor: Love and Thunder, um, I thought was lazy and um, largely unenjoyable, but for an astonishing cameo by a rather large Australian actor, about whom we shall speak <laughs> forthwith. There was a few wait wait Australian large act- in terms of
2: yeah. stage presence, all right, of it, Sarah? All of it. There was a few cameos
0: in there. I mean, Melissa McCarthy was the one that really yeah. surprised me. C. Blanchett's Heller from the Mm -hmm. last film. I described Thor, Love and Thunder, and I believe Taika Waititi has influenced this description because he said something similar. Mm -hmm. But they got around a table with some six-year-olds and they brainstormed all the things that they might want to see in a Thor movie, and then they put the whole brainstorm in the movie. And that's (laughs) what we got. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and obviously somebody said to him, hey, we thought that your character of Korg was really funny. Let's have more Korg. And so Taika, obviously really humbly and with some embarrassment, went, oh, shucks, okay then, if if I must, and stuck himself in every scene with, in this instance, in my humble opinion completely banal, unfunny, often mumbled and incomprehensible one-liners. Well,
2: here's the thing, Sarah. Would you rather have had Taika Waititi's character from Free Guy? <laughs> yeah, no! Would <laughs> I would not. I would
1: that was not.
0: That was terrible. I think um, Thor, Love and Thunder is an absolutely ridiculous film. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I turned to Josh, my boyfriend, at one point and I said what the F are you watching? This is
1: <laughs> Ridiculous just, good, or just ridiculous I, as in... I, 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 just,
0: just ridiculous. I, I, I kind of... What I did love about it was that it just knew what it was, and it didn't... It wasn't... Like, what was the one we watched, the multiverse one? Um... I oh, have you seen
1: the. Um, yeah, yeah, Doctor Strange.
0: Doctor Strange, because yes. we talked about it with Billy, but right? That
1: by yes. comparison, which I watched the day after I saw Thor Lo- Love and Thunder. Doctor Strange, the second one, I thought was incredible!
0: I didn't like it. Yeah.
1: See, like what's up with that? Because
0: <laughs> I just think they ruined, they didn't know they ruined Wanda, Wanda's character. She's not a villain in my eyes, and they just made her full villain who has gone hysterical. But anyways, I I at least I felt there was a consistency about Love and Thunder which was bat-ass crazy consistency. <laughs> right. That um, wasn't present in Mad mad Midnight of Madness. No, no, no. no, Mayhem. No, No, and it wouldn't be. No, not with proper
1: Benedict Cumberbatch. (laughs) Anyway, we're not here to talk about Doctor Wonderful. Sorry, Strange. But, um, but, okay, so you thought it was like... Just like crazy as in, but but crazy and okay. Well, like when the kids started
0: fighting, I was like, what am I watching? What am I watching? For me, it was far
2: before that point. It was the point (laughs) where for some random reason, you see a badly CGI kid's face like float in the air, like in a pool of gold. Yeah. And and it was honestly, ladies and gentlemen, one of the worst things I've seen on a cinema screen ever, question mark? Yeah, it was very weird. What, what, what was going on? Why were the effects so cheap? Uh, okay, I, I guess reading into some of this movie, you know, they filmed during COVID. A lot of it was filmed in the, um, uh, what's called the Mandalorian tech, right? The, um, right. The, the, uh, the uh, LED screens. The, yeah, yeah. the yeah. huge backdrop, which yeah. I can can be used for some amazing visuals yes. as you know seen in the Mandalorian and some of the Marvel shows
1: and this was not one of them this
2: was definitely not one <laughs> no. of them you know what it looked like it looked like a bunch of people standing in front of a screen yes Yeah.
1: and what it felt like and you know regular listeners will have heard me lambast the oceans um, particularly 12 and then into 13 films uh-huh. what it felt like was a bunch of mates who have been totally, doing this for a while yeah. now totally charging us good money yeah. to go and see um, them have a fun time, yeah. and, I, and I'm not having that, you know. And that's actually a little bit what Free Guy felt like. Um, mm-hmm. But let's not. Was we free, not guy talk was a, about... free Guy. Free
0: was a better film than Thun. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Free guy uh, undoubtedly. Was at
1: least thought through. It was just yeah. that Tyker was annoying in that in that character. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. He was super annoying in that yeah. character. But but this just felt like it had tiny touches of let's make it meaningful between Jane Foster who is literally dying of cancer yeah. and let's get her back with Thor. And yes, there was the fun stuff with him, with his new uh, weapon and the jealousy of the former weapon. That is brilliant. That yeah. was very clever. Yeah. So there mm-hmm. were clever little moments. But, and as we sort of said before, Russell Crowe as Zeus... Was absolutely I didn't even object. Have we,
0: we haven't said this before We haven't talked about this Have we?
1: No but I didn't actually Say who it was And I said that This large Australian actor Was absolutely oh, The best thing mean. In the whole film yeah. I you mean Chris you Hemsworth think? No, no. no. Russell No Russell <laughs> Even <laughs> I, I didn't even find him Like objectionable Doing a Greek accent Yeah yeah oh, so like,
2: so, so, here, Here's my question was his performance racist
1: no because it's australian (laughs) and there are loads of greeks in australia that doesn't make sense yes it does i I
2: was listening to um uh, another podcast um, so i i don't know if you guys have heard like mr sunday movies and it's a fantastic group of aussie mates uh, talking about movies uh but they were mentioning that his accent came straight out of the 90s where uh, people made fun, specifically, of Greek-Australian fish-and-chip shop owners. Oh. And, and that oh. he was taking that, you know, you would see this in ads, and he was, he was taking this performance <gasps> and so like, maybe putting it not on non-traded. the market <laughs> He
0: recorded every scene twice because Taika Waititi wasn't sold on the accent, so he made it do it in a British accent. So he filmed every scene. with <laughs> the... I'm so
1: glad they went, though, for the Greek. It was yeah. great.
0: Yeah. I mean, that Because also Zeus is off.
1: Greek, right? Yeah. And <laughs> that's the point. He didn't just, I mean, okay. Well, very interesting question. And maybe there are people, you know, railing against the, their headphones as they listen to us talk and saying it's completely unacceptable yeah. and it was racist.
0: You say racist. I'm going to one-up you with sexist. <laughs> because <laughs> why it's... does Jane Foster have to die? Like, she literally becomes a god. Because I guess she does in the books. I know, like, but it's, it's so... It's like, yeah, that's the whole arc of the, the Mighty Thor. No, it's dumb. <laughs> I call I call fail vale because why couldn't she survive? Like she she wh- had well, cancer. Well, well, she, 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 no, she but did, but she she's you know in Valhalla now. Actually, I did well, I did like that. I was okay. I was all for that because she shows up in the, in yeah. the credits. Right? And hey, she's, it's just Elva. Hello. Yeah. She's alive in Valhalla and she's all happy, which I, I was all good with. I just yeah. think it's the same thing I felt with Black um, P- Black Panther when Mark B. Jordan's character yeah. dies. as one of the few villains that die, and I'm like, why, why can't they just survive? And, <laughs> yeah, I to my villains. Christian Bale, I thought, was fantastic. He yeah. was
1: amazing. He needed thought, more scenes, and his yeah. like
0: creepy shadows were really quite yeah. scary. Right.
1: And I, you know, I love Christian Bale. He can do no wrong in a performative sense, as far as I'm concerned. And he really elevates the film. And I love the fact that he, I think, is very talented. I think he is able to play a menacing character, still with a twinkle in his eye. Yeah. But the twinkle does not make it pa- parody, or it doesn't it doesn't make it comedic. Mm. He is still um, he is still sufficiently serious and frightening yeah. and committed and I love that about him that, that
2: scene where he, he's you know f- terrifying the kids uh, with with that twinkle you know he's yeah. having a lot of fun but he's still threatening them it was like. so scary it doesn't un- undercut it any of yeah. the drama
1: such a good performer yeah. whereas was... there are so many people in this film just taking the piss
0: <laughs> I thought Natalie Portman I love Natalie Portman yeah I she did. was not good in this movie no. which is trying to be like all cool and superhero I was yeah. like oh what you you're phrase thing like, uh, no it doesn't, funny. Didn't, wasn't yes. funny
1: at all mm. god bless her wasn't funny at all and now was it because it wasn't written funny or Jane Foster's not funny or Natalie's or all of all three or all of the above I know
2: <laughs> but like uh, going back to Christian Bale for a sec, mm-hmm. isn't the opening of this movie just incredible? Yeah, yes. yeah. Like, cold open, no logos, nothing. and yeah. you, It's just this, this short story It's about, just
1: Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah,
2: a father grieving his dead daughter, and then... Is it, um, is it Jonathan Berg who, who plays the, the god? I don't know. Oh,
1: it's Johnny Bro... Johnny bro? Bro, bro, from bro? What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, it is, yeah, it is. Oh. He plays the sunshine god. Yeah, or whatever.
0: and it, it's, it does a really good job of bringing... Such so, the two tones together that yeah. really does set up the film. Yeah, um, that I you know that's why Christian Bale's character works so well in that silly world because yep. it's it's there right from the start and that
1: and then. They bring in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, for no reason. I either. hate them anyway. I don't <laughs> find them funny. I don't think that Chris Pratt is interesting. None of them. The stupid one who yeah. just goes Groot is so annoying. Whoa. I fight so. Groot I, know
0: I, I agree with you me. though. I didn't like the first and I haven't even seen Pointless. the second one. Sarah, like,
2: think of the children. They love
0: Groot. <laughs> the children all got stolen. You, and hey,
1: what was that okay, subplot? Hugh okay, so... wrote that
0: subplot. <laughs> oh, I <hi>, can't <what laughs> you Doing. okay so i watched it and i was like okay they're taking the kids like okay that's just like the classic conspiracy theory thing you're right <laughs> and it, it made me watch the Nick awesome um uh oh we must have watched it yeah it was when i was out of lockdown but i was still staying staying at josh's house where we had been isolating, mm-hmm. and we decided to watch chitty chitty bang bang the next oh. day and i was like this is like because if the first odd? one was yeah. the first one drew from Willy wonka yeah. this one drew from chitty chitty bang bang it was yeah, still in the kids um, and that movie has not aged well. No. We watched Sound of Music, which was fantastic and is mm-hmm. still brilliant and yep. it's just a perfect, beautiful film. Mm-hmm. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is so <laughs> weird. And you know that they, so it's Broccoli, what's his name? Albert Broccoli, did mm. the James yeah. uh, Bond, Bond films yeah. and Roald Dahl and all that. Um, and Ian Fleming wrote Chitty Chitty right. Bang Bang. Mm. Um, they, they spent so much money on that film that they um, were one of the 10 biggest films of the year and they still didn't recuperate their costs. Cow. <laughs> And talking God. about lots of money, I mean, that's the thing about Thor, Love and Thunder that I think I kind of enjoy it for, mm. is that I can't believe that they made this movie. Mm. Like, I agree with you, Sarah. It is just infuriatingly <laughs> like they're all having a great time at our expense. But not really. It's at Marvel's expense because...
1: How much money did they <laughs> pump into
0: the stupid film?
1: Ridiculous. Look, I mean you say chitty chitty bang bang and I say Dick Van Dyke who can't do a proper accent. At least Chris Hemsworth actually is bloody good. Yeah. And
0: he, he commits
1: that. He's really good. He's a great character. As he well. is a great character, yeah. he's a great character actor, and to be fair to him, he was not objectionable. He's doing what's on the page mm-hmm. and you know, he's having I think Tessa
2: a... Thompson's great as well. She, no, she's yeah. good, but her characters—yeah, she doesn't awful. get awful. She doesn't get to do much. Do, do, do you guys remember her character from Thor: Ragnarok? Yeah, like she's, she's such a good character, yeah. and she she drives so much of the middle third of that movie. Um, and in this one she's kind of just bored with, with logistics and, and you know running yes, a country but and she goes on pointless adventures and gets stabbed and, and says goodbye yeah but
1: isn't she there because now she gets to talk about her her uh, sexuality oh, and she doesn't get to was, act upon it but she gets at least this some queer baiting uh, yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Like, so, the, the
0: rock the rock um, he literally he, he, he dates a rock the, the, called the Dwayne, Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny.
2: The rock. But um you know, in the lead up oh. I remember a couple of years ago at Comic-Con, so maybe this is before COVID, um, they were asking Tessa Thompson, you know, what is Valkyrie doing now that she's king of King of Asgard? And she was like, Well, my my first order is king is to find a queen, and and like all the audience went nuts. We're like, yeah. And uh and yeah, there's this so. So much of that stuff that feels like it was on the on the cutting room. I mean, she yeah. kisses a lady's hand and she talks about her girlfriend question mark.
0: Um, but that was it. That mm. was it. And it just felt like Disney saying no. Yeah, yeah. Or the <laughs> rainbow. The rainbow. I mean, that's it's been there, right? But the rainbow yeah. Um, bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And also the fact that in the council there's a Maori queen or a Maori oh, yeah. princess. Yeah. Now look, I mean, that felt to me. I, I can't work out what that feels to me like. Is it too, is it, is it too, not too much, but is it not enough? Or is it token? Or is it just for the, the audience of Aotearoa? Or of the or, above, or of the or above. Or is it a, actually <laughs> inching into a, a space? or I don't really know, it, again, but it felt nothing.
2: When, when we talked about Thor Ragnarok, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure we brought this up, like, It was such an amazing production to to hear about the the history as well how um you know tiger came in on this huge marvel project after directing what what we do in the shadows basically because he did it concurrently with um uh water 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 people people. yeah um and you know he set he and his team set up a a whole production where it was very very you know indigenous Mm -hmm, focus mm -hmm. and bringing in all these like uh, both professional and amateur Indigenous filmmakers from Australia to shadow a lot of the crew. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. It, we talked about the, the the colors of the spaceships and how so much of that was meaningful. Mm. Um, the whole narrative it, of, uh, of the colonization yeah, and the covering restory, that up. Yeah. 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 Uh, and in
0: this, I, I, I don't know. It just <laughs> felt so so directionless and yeah. rudderless. So nothing. I think yeah. there was. I think there was intentional, right? He's like. We're just going to make a, a, a fun, silly film. It wasn't that fun for me, but it's made lots of money. Yeah. Um, I, I respect its consistency. Yes, but
1: it's making money is not a sign that it was good <laughs> that it worked, right? Because everybody went, oh. "We love Ragnarok. We're going to go." And, and also, uh, you it, paid it, your money before you've decided whether the film was worth seeing.
2: It goes to show that um, Doctor Strange is actually making a lot more money than Thor. For. Hey,
0: I would. I, I'm as much as I didn't like uh, Doctor Strange. As much as this movie's a mess. I like that they're giving reins to the directors because mm. I would much rather laugh like this and, and enjoy these moments of spontaneity Ooh. than see another saccharine, you know. Yes. I guess Elvis, right? We talked about Elvis last month and how that was very perfect and put together. Yeah. These movies do not feel perfectly <laughs> put together. They feel like. They're giving the
1: reins over to the directors, which... Yeah.
0: No, you always. see, I'm
1: not happy with that at all. <laughs> I'm not. Look, I do hold people to high account, and and because I do think, particularly with Marvel, I mean, I object so strenuously to the fact that, for Doctor Strange, the multi-multi-multi thing, mm-hmm. um, the expectation was that I should have watched a couple of oh, TV yeah. series That's and several... Homework. Exactly. I think that's really rude, and I didn't do it, and I still had a relatively good time with that film. But I think Marvel's really naughty, and I therefore think it's super naughty to stick Taika in a position where he has to come up with um, another lightning, uh, another bottle of lightning...
2: Like, yeah, yeah. Right?
1: And um, and that it just felt like um, exploitative of the audience, because of course people are going to go, and as I say, Jeremy, you can't, I don't think you can say, well, it's made its money, blah, 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 mm. because it isn't until you've paid your money and seen the film that you go, actually, I don't think that that was very good or worth my time or whatever.
0: I guess, I, I you know, totally right. I, I just guess in terms of a system that produces films, I'd much rather a big studio like Marvel gives the reins to directors to try their craft than everything being carefully put together, which I guess we got the benefits of the last phase of Marvel, right? It was yeah. so carefully put together and every film was kind of contributing to it and it was great, but then mm. it seems to have just stripped, yeah. stripped out that middle layer of cinema, which yeah. is good and... Mm. And A bit, bit risky. I,
2: I think it's uh, pivoting back to what you know DC is doing. Uh, I think DC obviously has not had the same successes as mm. their distinguished counterparts uh, at Marvel, mm. um, but I think because they've they've been such a mess, like the movies have been really entertaining and interesting and Which different ones? and DC fun. ones, yeah, like mm. you know because of trying to ape Marvel and failing, they instead come up with movies like uh, the Suicide Squad. And Joker and um, the Batman Yeah. just adding this to things. But, like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I didn't like Joker very much. I, I liked Suicide Squad a lot and Batman was okay. But they're all very, very interesting, creator driven movies. That's like, right. And Marvel doesn't have that privilege because it's so, it's so, has to adhere to this template yeah. and to this ongoing storyline. Um, yeah, I, I would much rather have. 10 more Jokers than one more like Avengers movie yeah I would would agree so
1: and I loved Joker Mm -hmm. but so obviously I would say that I would too but I would too because it's proper acting scripting performance story drama Mm -hmm. darkness yeah not just a bunch of mates having a nice time
2: did you guys watch uh, The Batman yes oh yes Mm -hmm. what do you think Sarah
1: I didn't absolutely love it at Mm -hmm. all Um, and um, whereas I love all Nolan's um, Batman films Mm -hmm. Um, and I'd gone into it knowing that it was super dark and super like, um, violent and blah, blah, blah. And I was just, ultimately I was like, eh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah.
2: Because to me it was, it was just an auteur as Batman, right? It was Matt Reeves and doing his Matt Reeves thing. And I I love that. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it wasn't a perfect movie. There's a lot of places where it could have been a heck of a lot shorter. Um, but I really appreciated what was being put on screen. I, mm. I wish, as you say, Jimmy, like Marvel would take more risks with the stuff. And I guess they have uh, with these last two movies. Well, they
1: have with Taika, yeah. And, and but they with, obviously Sam Raimi. liked it as well, yeah. yeah. But so, do you think he'll get another one?
0: Well, I I think there'll be a fifth Thor film, whether he does it or not. We, I guess we'll. we'll did we'll Kenneth have to see
1: do the first two? Mm-hmm. No, he did the
0: first one. <laughs> um, Alan Taylor did the second one. Oh, from Game of
1: Thrones. right, right.
2: Um, and that was apparently just a, a production disaster. Like, yeah, like went
0: through so many directors. Sure, right. Yeah, I that second one, lots of people hate it. I have a soft spot for it for two reasons. One, I always love Portal. Portal kind of action sequences, and also the Dark Elves with Chris Eccleston. I I you like Christopher Eccleston? Yeah, I really like them.
1: I love anything that Chris Eccleston does. (laughs) Well, you've still
0: got to watch the Leftovers, Sarah.
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah, Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Got
0: (laughs) it. And on on the note of TV series that Jeremy always goes on about, let's pivot to Cabin in the Woods. Oh, once again, (laughs) Buffy the the Vampire Slayer. Oh, right, right, right. Right? Which is you know the Joss Whedon connection. connection. Well, the Avengers connection as well, isn't
2: there? Um, Well, I mean, to me, the thing and I, I will um bounce off what you said earlier sarah um in 2011 cabin in the woods was my favorite movie of the year like I, I raved about that movie um mm. i love that movie so much i went to see it twice in the cinemas um watching it again i think it totally holds up I yeah. think it's, it's an amazing picture even a, a little bit dated in places because it's it's a little bit snide in that whedon kind of way and of course we've now-known Whedon to be not a nice guy. Um, And we've
1: seen Bradley Whitford be not a nice guy as well so many times but he's so good good. at it i
2: i want to see just a spin-off with bradley whitford and uh bridget jenkins just doing and amy acker as well doing their thing i love amy acker yeah so three of them is like bureaucrats like okay
0: let's just take care of this yeah i love joss whedon as you know i love amy acker because she's in heaps of his stuff a lot of the actors in this film are joss whedon kind of staples Mm. of his tv shows uh, I didn't. When I saw this in twenty eleven, I didn't really like it that much, and I and for the same reasons I didn't enjoy it mm. the other day. Um, mm. I just find the the play really. I don't know. I feel like it's been done better in other films. Okay. I just did not find it interesting. Did, did you what, find what, it what, what, like what? too obvious? Or? Yeah. What and the
1: manipulation, the puppetry sort of aspect of it, it, and or just the, like
0: the kind of meta quality of like we're playing with genre and we're playing with these these kids. Right. Um, I. I I think the biggest issue for me is the film is only interesting when it's with the people underground. And the moment that it's with the kids in the cabin, I could care less. Like, Mm. I don't care about their story. I don't care
1: about... And yet that's where the slasher parts come. You yeah, know, the, the yeah. guy standing close to the ba- the window yeah. that's open behind him. And you're like, step away, from I, and then and all that stuff.
0: I guess I feel like the scream films do a much yes. better job mm. of, of having their cake and eating it too. And playing with tropes, but still you like, like that later scream movie. And I really cared about those characters. Mm-hmm. And I was excited about seeing what they did with the tropes. And so I, I just, it doesn't, it doesn't really land for me. And I, I do really like that they commit to the end of the world. Like, yeah. I think that's a fun yeah. bit. Um, and I do really like seeing all the different creatures killing everybody at the end. <laughs> mm. I don't like, and I love Sigourney Weaver. You know I love mm-hmm. Weaver. I don't like that she just appears at mm. the end. Yeah. It's a little also, bit silly. It should have been Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. true. Maybe
2: Jamie Lee Curtis just turned it down. But it, it yeah. just felt really odd to have a sci-fi mm. icon come in
1: yes, that's in a, good a horror point. movie.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. I, I think that, that makes sense that they would have asked yeah. her to do it. And,
1: and I just, um, like... But on a first viewing, for me, Cabin in the Woods, each of the ways, well, no, not all of the ways, but each of the ways that the young people die was terribly, terribly clever and unexpected. So most notably with dear old Christmas was <laughs> on the motorbike, and you think, okay, he's going to make it, and then the thing, and you're like, oh, yeah, can I can't I, believe it. Can I just it. say with
2: that scene, watching it back in 2011 and watching it now, um, I... I uh, it's very, very difficult to think of another scene in this kind of genre, you know, that really sets up and pays off a joke, a horrifying joke, so well. Because early on in the movie, you see the eagle smack into the, yes. the barrier, right? So you know something, and, But you there.
1: don't know what it is. You don't know
2: what it is. But when Chris Hemsworth is gearing out for his bike jump, he's making this heroic speech. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I... I I thought, oh my God, like, he's not going to make it because of the barrier. Like, you think back, the eagle. I didn't the first and, time.
1: I didn't remember that at all. And
2: so his heroic speech is just complete, like, it's a bluff. And it's it's done in such heroic bluster. You're like, he's dead. He's totally yeah. dead. And the audience, like, at least I, I went in, like, knowing what the gag was going to be. And when they pulled it off, it was just such a beautiful, like, this is the setup
0: and the payoff. They did it. Maybe that's my issue with this film is that I just don't, I just didn't feel that, you know, mm. and, and I feel like I and nothing surprised me in this movie when I watched it the first time. Mm. I, I and maybe it's because I've just watched hours and hours and oh, hours Buffy. of Joss Whedon <laughs> and multiple shows, you know, I've watched yeah. Buffy and Angel and Dollhouse and Firefly, mm. and you know, so I've seen him and Drew Goddard play yeah. with mm. genre in mm. so many different ways. Mm-hmm. I maybe got to, to know their language, and I did feel maybe that's what it was. I did feel like this was the their greatest hits of their, mm. their plot points that they had played around with in mm. TV. Right. So I...
2: Interesting. Maybe.
0: I'm just trying to unpack why I just don't feel the same way as you. It came at a time with, um, like, I think about Terminator Salvation. You had the um, the sequence with um, Helena Bonham Carter yeah. appearing at the end. It reminds me of that with Sigourney Weaver. Um, you've got the the Tucker and Dale versus Evil oh, with the yeah. kids that thinking... So yeah, it's a cool idea, right? They, mm-hmm. they think that they're being terrorised by these... Um, these hillbillies. There's hillbillies, but they're actually accidentally killing themselves all over the place. Right. So they're running away from someone and fall into a pit and get stabbed and thinking that they've, you know, these mm-hmm. unwitting hillbillies. Are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know. It just didn't doesn't oh. does mean with me.
1: What do we think about Chris Hemsworth? Given that he is our, our, our tiny, insy wincy intersecting set for these two films.
0: He's good, he's good yeah. in Kevin in the Woods. I thought I was surprised he was there for much longer. You made a comment in our chat, William, about like, oh, he's barely even in the film. So I went into it thinking, oh, he's going to die. Oh, yeah. But he, he, yeah, like we just said, he doesn't die until yeah. kind of the end of the second actor.
2: Mm. And, and that was filmed
0: before Thor? Like Thor 1?
2: Is the same out time
0: around what 2010
1: 2011? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I feel as though the film was him, or even if it was made before he was the big guy that he mm-hmm. became in Thor, I'm sure of it. No, like, we, like he because has... he's just one of the ensemble with yeah, him. Because yeah, because there's also the um, New Zealand actress, oh, should have looked it up, the one who kisses the um, the one who makes out with the the boar's head on the wall. Oh, uh, Anna, is she Anna, Anna, Anna Hutchinson? Hutchinson, is she
0: a New Zealander? Yeah, oh, she okay. totally is. Wow. Um,
1: so so I feel as though in Cabin of the Woods Chris was just another guy and he's real good he's really he's good. really good yeah
2: he is good yeah. and he, he plays a part well and again that heroic speech I think is the <laughs> I keep going back to it but the comedic high point well the way, and, and you're right
1: I mean yeah. even if I mean I hadn't uh, I didn't know the first time that mm. he was going to plunge into that wall and die but you're absolutely right that whenever somebody makes a I'll be right back yeah. speech you know that that's the end of that <laughs> and you'll never see them again um, I feel like in Cabin of the Woods, there were so many great faces, like Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins, we've continued yeah. to see, obviously, and Chris Hemsworth, but Kristen Connolly, who's yeah. the, the, she's wonderful. The final girl.
0: She is really good. And I
1: don't remember seeing a whole bunch of her after yeah. that. No, um,
2: can we talk about Frank Kranz?
1: Yes. So Frank Kranz is the nerdy guy with the bong, yeah. who's um, oh, smoking he was, all He's the brilliant,
2: because he's Topher in Dollhouse. is right. wonderful. Yeah. Um, uh, he, he, have you guys seen Mass? No. Oh. Uh, he's the director the writer and director of Mass. Good lord. Which is like not be any more different from. So Catherine Mass, in the which Woods. I
1: can't wait to see. Am I right? It's a four-hander. Yes. And it's um, two couples, and they are talk- oh,
2: oh, 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 uh, possible spoilers for for Mass. Oh, you, okay. If you don't want to. Anyway, never mind. Yes. But anyway, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very intense Full drama. Intense right. drama. Yes. Yeah. Um, good very Lord. uncomfortable to Did
1: he through. make that Yeah, mm. he, he
2: wrote and directed it. We're just like,
1: but he's the
0: stoner from Kevin in the Woods. Yeah. Have, have you seen uh, Joss Whedon's Much Do About Nothing?
1: I have, and I love yeah, it. it yeah, it's really good. because Amy and Yeah, And yeah. he also, is, he, uh, is uh, he... Clark Gregg is in that as well. Is he it's like,
0: oh, it's all Yeah, it's all of Whedon's yeah. people. Um, and I'm just thinking, yeah, he must be... Let me have a look. Well, he was I in The th- Dark Tower, which was not a good I think movie. he's
1: Claudio in Much Ado. I
0: think you're right. It's really good. You are right. He's Claudio in Much, about, much and, Ado about th- nothing. And he's
1: wonderful. And Nathan Fillion, of course, is yeah. in it. which And he's in Firefly. And mm-hmm.
0: I love that film. Because, you know, that it was born out of Whedon doing... Shakespeare readings at his house mm-hmm. right. with friends and then and they, they
1: shot that in his house yeah yeah. and also Much Ado is one of my two favourite Shakespeare's oh, nice. so and I thought it was a really lo- I thought it was a wonderful adaptation yeah.
0: and it's quite cool to see these TV actors yeah you know <laughs> tackle Shakespeare and, yeah. and see in them a have a great time in a completely
1: modern sort of environment yeah, yeah, yeah. setting so yeah well, I'm
2: sorry you didn't enjoy Cabin in the Woods as, as much as, as we did Journey. it sounds like like I, I think it's for me what differentiates cabin in the woods and thor for for love and thunder <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, i mean obviously very very different sensibilities i mean they they both you know primarily comedic like it's it's going for laughs but yeah. to me cabin in the woods the entire thing has a point right and and, and they they hammer home the point at the end um as opposed ending. to the hammering and Thor. <laughs> <laughs> nice, I love that. Yeah. Um, well, Thor just, it feels, and I said this in our group chat, it feels like they knew where they want to end up.
1: Mm. You
2: know, with Jane dying dying because of Mjolnir and like Thor having, uh, adopting um, uh, Gore's Kid and, you know, he is love and she is, oh, she is love and he is thunder. Like that That was lovely, I really like that. But getting to that end point, it just seemed like they had no idea where to go. Yeah. It's like, it's COVID. We don't have a lot of the production team around. Let's just film a ton of stuff and see what happens. We'll yeah. replace the backgrounds
1: And the scenes with the kids in the thingy. Yeah. It felt totally <laughs> structureless, <laughs> pointless, Like just like, okay, now we'll get you to do this. Yeah. Blah, I mean, boring. I
0: think but, that's the way that he yeah. writes, though. Taika Waititi's talked about, he just, you know, and I think it's a Sundance mm. lesson that, you know, they, oh, yeah. they advise, which is, he thinks of a whole lot of great sequences, mm-hmm. and then he puts them up, and then he tries to think about how they stitch oh, together. Okay. Which, you know, can work really well, yeah, no, no. or it can be a bunch of kids with a teddy bear and lightning eyes and <laughs> CGI <laughs> black um, shadow
2: monsters. Hmm. Yeah. Because, like, in Cabin the Woods, I mean, it's, it's a commentary, right? Mm. It's a meta-commentary on the state of the horror in- industry and how everything has stayed, even J-horror has stayed. I, I love the the J-horror world uh, with the, you know, now the evil is defeated, and, and that's become such a meme nowadays. Um, and the, I, I really like the point that the creators are, are talking about, which is in order to kind of have new horror, and have horror that means something to someone. You need to destroy the old world. You know, you you can't rely on people's love of the old tropes. You got to come up with new stuff, which I guess is what a twenty four is. Yeah, yeah, mark. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and of course, the you know it being represented by a giant demonic hand. I guess representing the audience crushing everything It's just it's yeah the cherry on top of the the, the sundae for me. Really, does, really fun. Stuff. Does that happen? Is there a big hand? Yes, a huge hand comes out of the facility and kills everyone, and like crushes the camera, and that's the end of the movie. Oh, I don't remember that.
1: <laughs> At the end of Kevin in the Woods. Yeah,
2: it, it, it's a giant hand. It's a shadowy hand that
1: I don't quite remember. Because they they share they share a joint.
2: The, the two survivors share a joint, and then just goes. Oh yeah, directed I, by I don't Drew remember Goddard. the last. Ah. Of the film. Huh. yeah um, yeah so so making a point guys making a point
1: see I love the aspects of cabin in the wood that I love is mm-hmm. the as you say the behind the scenes or the underground or the whatever the 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 office spaceness yeah. of it oh well you can't vote on so- and so because the people in accounting or maintenance always vote for that and you know I love that, <laughs> that is the best yeah. parts of the, the ordinariness yeah. of it okay guys are you still here right okay do you want to get a cup of coffee you know yeah, it's know. home time the ordinariness the banality of office work with men with their sleeves rolled yeah. up as they're doing a walk and talk <laughs> down the corridor only to then turn into a room to orchestrate the the gross um, murder of five innocent young stereotypes you know I think that's yeah. brilliant there's yeah. that
2: scene where they're celebrating with champagne you see Kristen Conley's character being basically murdered on the big screen in the screen. background yeah. and they're like well done everybody <laughs> yeah. good show yeah, I yeah, mean yeah. it's
1: brilliant so, can yeah. I just say, did you recognize, of course, that Bradley Whitford was in that other wonderful, clever, more recent parody, not that much more recent parody of horror films, Get Out? Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he's the, the dad. dad. Yeah. And so, With Catherine Keener Right mm-hmm. And so Bradley often Because of his voice And his way I mean I love his acting But he often seems to play Versions of a, Versions of himself Or mm-hmm. versions on a thing, Which I don't mind at all But I think You know Bloody good on him For being in at least two um, Well the, this type of Meta Sort mm. of Genre films That I enjoy
0: I love Get Out Have you, any have you, of have you seen um, I've not, not seen Nope, nope yet. No No oh, I think we were going to do Nope for this month, weren't we, with The Thing, which Mm -hmm. we still might... We'll see how we go. We're
1: yeah. thing is, I've now been forced to watch the film. <laughs> and you've only been banging on about it the whole time I've known you. Then I am, I am ready to discuss it. Uh,
0: I can't, help again just come back to Scream. Have you seen the new Scream yet? Yes,
2: yes. yes. I, I raved about it. Yeah. It's, it's heaps of fun.
0: Just like that sequence where... Um, I've forgotten her name, but she's... Oh, where she's watching the movie and you're watching... Yeah. It's so good. And none of it's the original Scream film. Yeah. It's so clever. I yeah. mean, that's the... That's what I think cabin's trying to do oh. but it just doesn't doesn't
2: like man for me jeremy i i think that scene in scream uh, it tries a little bit too hard where i think cabin doesn't so mm. maybe it's just different strokes with different folks yeah yeah, yeah. um mm-hmm. because the setup of that scene I, I just remember in Scream being a little bit clunky um it's like the camera angle oh yeah, yeah, yeah all that stuff all that stuff i need yeah. to watch that again um, let, let's talk about thor some more because i mm. think there's there's so much stuff it's, there's so much stuff, as you say, Jimmy, like crammed into this movie. Mm. Maybe it shouldn't have been crammed in. I don't know. But um, one of the things that really stuck out to me was the huge flips in tone mm. um, where you would go from, you know, ha ha, like, like Chris Hemsworth is such a himbo, you know, <laughs> funny, funny jokes. Taika Waititi says something not particularly pithy, but we, you know, we think it's funny, mm. I think. You think it's uh, <laughs> funny. Yeah. <laughs> and then suddenly it cuts to like, Gore the God Watcher in black and white, like, menacing children with, with horrible scars and tattoos. Mm. And the penguin kind of black fluid. Yes, coming and out his his mouth. Mouth. Returns. And then it cuts to Natalie Portman in, you know, my cancer drama. Yeah. Um, and it's super downbeat and, and genuinely sad in parts. Like, when she's talking to Cat yes. Dennings. And, yes. And it's like, well, how long do I have? And it, it's like, man, this movie goes places and I I don't know if I'd like it going places but I I kind of appreciate it
0: I love having Kat Dennings back and mm-hmm. still in Stars yeah. if it was via video <laughs> links, but it worked um but Cat Dennings is so much fun and th- those three are such a presence yeah. from the first th- uh, first two Thor films mm-hmm. it's quite nice to see them come back yeah in the fourth one do you think that um, Natalie Portman did this movie because of Taika Waititi I think so I, I think she
2: saw the third one It's like oh my gosh this is actually really great I want back in yeah um, Yeah.
1: But also she hasn't done anything for a while, and you know, I don't know. I I, I mean, like I hear you, etc. But well not necessarily, but I mean the tone thing I, f- I do find challenging and always have yeah. with Typus films. Yeah. I think in some in I think in some of his films it works better and neater. This yeah. just feels oh, yeah, yeah. very, very sloppy to me. Yeah. But I do think that there is um, you know, there are comparisons to be drawn with pretty much every other taika film yeah. in terms of it's having comedic aspects as well as um
2: and in those like doflamingo movement uh, yeah. i think back to water people with the, the death of um absolutely. Uh, the, the mother character and yeah. it's like oh my god yeah like, uh, no warning you are just
0: thrust into it as the audience
1: absolutely yeah. and um and obviously boy mm-hmm. uh, has its sad well, boy, moments boy boy and...
0: weaves its sadness through it doesn't it it's not as sort of there's a moment where you realize there's those shots of the mother, you know, dying, and and this, which are really, whoa, it gets you. But yeah. then it weaves then the more deeper sadness, which was the father character is just not around, mm-hmm. and he's just a complete dropkick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I do think there is an element of that with the ending. You know, we talked about the strength of the start. I think the ending sequence in that that pool of magicalness with um, Gore, the God Killer, was was quite a lovely moment. Yeah. My thing was, though, I was just like, oh my gosh, there's so much opportunity for them to just weave in a plot device that keeps Jane Foster alive. <sighs> they needed her to die for Thor, and I just was like, there's a little bit... Well, but, but, just- but hang on,
2: that's the whole point, right? Like, Thor, he gives up the chance of saving Jane, or and, and Jane gives up the chance of saving herself for Gore to make that decision, so I think that was pretty good writing, um, because... And at the end of the day, Gore needs to decide what is right and what is wrong, whereas Jane basically sacrifices that that choice. Right? Uh, am I speaking on my butt? Like no no, 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 I
0: just am like thinking about the genderness, the the, the, the gender equality of it all. Is that why is it that the? It's just so often the woman has to die, right? It's the whole fridging thing. Yeah. It's like the woman has to die to progress the story, and I'm like. If that was Thor with with some sort of illness, he would absolutely be saved by the end of the film. But isn't it this is. the
1: Thor you said followed Avengers Endgame? Yeah. Wasn't Avengers Endgame the one where half of the entire universe died? Yeah. yeah. So Marvel's not 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 shy in, in going no. there and killing people off.
0: It's not about that. It's just that there are clearly untouchables in this in this universe, and then there are Jane Fosters that come back for one movie, get yeah. a little bit of a get a little bit of a chance to be a superhero, mm-hmm. and then they're dead. Um, same with the Michael B Jordan and and um, oh. Black Panther. The same with Wanda in, um, in Doctor Strange. It's just it seems to be the. Uh, it just frustrates me who gets to stay alive. Sure. And it, it's clearly a contractual thing. It's, yeah, it's like a bigger yeah. and it's like a systemic thing, right? If you look at the people that the woman and the like, it's just, uh, I, it's just it's, it just doesn't sit right with me. Loki, for instance. Flippin' dies all the time, comes back to life, yeah. survives, you know, because Tom Hiddleston is, you know, the, the one that people love. And I just yes. get a little bit frustrated with the, the double nature of everything. Sure. Mm, fair enough. I, I didn't feel like it was frigging at all. Um,
2: I, I thought it was pretty true to the character. Again, I haven't read much of the Mighty Thor, but I do know how it ends, which is basically a, a similar way to how this ends, right? Where she she understands her power, but she also understands that in order to do the right thing, she needs to give up that power, or the power of choice in this case. Speaking Um, as the
1: non-comic book reader, ignorant person around mm -hmm. the table, I didn't understand at all how all of a sudden she's wearing his costume and running around and having those superpowers. (laughs) And because I missed that, I don't know what, memo, chapter beat, or whatever the heck it was, I... um, I wouldn't say it distracted me from the whole film and then I spent the whole time being perplexed, but I was absolutely nonplussed.
2: That's a magic hammer. I think that's all you need to know. I don't it's know. magic.
1: It's just like, well, I... Like, she, she, ga-
2: she gains muscles and, like, a cool way this is outfit.
1: stupid. I mean, she's a human. <laughs> well, I, look, I loved Thor 1, and I, I was fine with Thor 2, and I loved their their, um, deity-human relationship. Mm-hmm. There's no enjoyment for me, and suddenly, even if she is dying, yeah. and suddenly making her some sort of conflicted god or goddess or mm-hmm. mighty Thor. Anyway, didn't get it, <laughs> didn't get it, didn't like it.
0: Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Right, well, on that note, final thoughts. Uh, William, Just that <laughs> oh, All
2: right. Um, yeah, I, I still love Kevin in the Woods. I think, uh... I'm gonna use this word. I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's Ooh, a masterpiece. Right. Yes, <laughs> nice. might be contentious on this podcast, but uh, I had so much fun revisiting it. Um, I've watched it a couple of times since 2011, and every time it's like this movie is just so much fun. It's it's heaps of fun, and I love how it ends. Love the cast. Um, yeah, good stuff. Uh, Thor was such a mess. Again, I I kind of agree with you, Jeremy. Like I appreciate the messiness of it all. Um, but I, I think the, the one thing that really sticks out to me, and I don't think I've felt this in any Taika Waititi movie, is just, it's not funny.
1: That's like, true. Like, it's not funny. I can't believe we haven't said that sooner. <laughs> it's not funny, apart from the, the, um, the romance between oh, the Oh yeah, yeah,
2: and I, I think um R- Russell Crowe was, yes, he he was, funny. was pretty funny. Okay. And I, I loved at the end where his son Hercules is revealed to be Roy Kent. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you see, yes. That
1: was, yes, that was fan service of the most annoying, also <laughs> exploitative. <gasps> hey, anyway. no, it's, sorry, it's, it's that guy one. you know from that <laughs> other. Thing. Yeah, from it's that other joking. show. It's really <laughs> now. Okay, <Yeah. laughs> sorry, William, um, your final
2: thought. Yeah, uh, so so it's just it's a movie full of jokes and goofs and gags, but so little of it made me laugh, and I don't <laughs> know why <laughs> that is. I usually find Tiger's writing to. T- be genuinely like gut-busting yeah um, it's, again like uh, what's it called what we do in the shadows i think is one of the funniest movies I of all time i do too uh and something just happened where the, the magic wasn't there so that's yeah. that's thor for me
0: werewolves not swearwolves yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um i i feel uh, what i feel about thor love and thunder i guess the, i did definitely laugh at those moments like you mentioned Sarah, with the, the hammer and the, the jealousy of the axe uh, I, I definitely enjoyed Russell Crowe, but I also just laughed a lot at the whole meta silliness of it all. Like, when the kids started fighting, I was like, What is this movie doing? This is just so stupid. I can't believe they've spent money on this. I can't believe I'm sitting in a the packed theatre with this. I can't believe I just spent $25 to just sit in a recliner chair for this, you know? Um, so, I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. It ain't no Ragnarok. Ragnarok, for me, is one of the greatest films that came out of the last decade um this was not that at all um i have already s- expressed how i feel about cabin in the woods um i just didn't enjoy it again this time we just josh my boyfriend i watched it together and he was like this is terrible i was like i don't know i just i have to watch it so i'm sorry team i don't i don't connect with it <laughs> i don't get it um and i love all of the people that are involved in it i know mm. they usually love all you know how much i love all yeah. their stuff they yeah. do so that's me
1: hmm well, as I've said, I think that Thor uh, was just there to inveigle people out of their money, and I feel for you. I mean, I to be perfectly honest, I I saw this at a screening. I didn't have to pay to see Thor, so why am I complaining? I'm complaining on your behalf. You <laughs> have $25 for it, reclining chairs, exactly, <laughs> and of course all of the um, all of the confectionery and stuff that people buy. Now, look, hopefully some people had a better time in the cinema with it. I have to admit. I didn't adore Ragnarok. I think I appreciated it enough, but I didn't love it like the way people do and that English teachers teach it, and I'm just like, it blows my mind. However, I now feel like I wanna go back and watch Ragnarok just to see what the fuss was about. This, to me, felt like um, uh, it it was lazy, and I I really resent laziness from people who have proven themselves to be so brilliant, and it's interesting, we haven't bothered to talk about Jojo Rabbit and his other stranger choices, but I do think Taika is um, a genius, and I think his work is splendid, uh, and this absolutely wasn't part of it, so I I, I don't think that's forgivable. Cabin um, <laughs> <laughs> in the Woods I do think is terrifically clever to this day, mainly for me, it's Bradley, it's Richard, it's, um, it's the people undergrounds. Mm performances and the very, very witty and thoughtful and clever and intentional writing. and That would be my view on those.
2: One final thing to bounce off what you said, Sarah, uh, about Taika's where to work. I do appreciate that in Thor there's an extended sequence, which is basically a riff on Eagle versus Shark. I don't know how they did it. But they did it in the Thor movie as part of the greater Marvel universe. Yeah, Which part I do is enjoy that? It's that. when uh, it flashes back to Thor and Jane's like romance. Oh yes, and they dressed up as crazy. Like I think he's a hot dog and, and oh, she's yeah. she's an alien with a, a chest busted like alien. Yeah, that's cute.
1: Yeah.
2: Um,
0: and it's just super awkward. And it's like, okay, you got me, movie. That's yeah,
1: pretty that's good. cute. It
0: is like the greatest hits of his previous work, isn't it? Yeah. 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 All right. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of Cinema in Context. If you enjoyed our podcast, then please share it with your film-loving friends. You can listen to Cinema in Context through SoundCloud or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio Public, and Amazon Music. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, which are great places to let us know what you think of this episode, or give us suggestions for future films to discuss and compare. Look out for our next episode in a month's time, and until then, Noho There
1: was a lot of energy in that one.